the Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 47. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. We're talking Golden Gopher football again this week, and I'm so excited. We're going to give Minnesota football fans their first in-depth chance to learn about and hear from new starting quarterback, Ethan Kelly McManus, the reigning Big Ten freshman of the week after his 319-yard passing performance in Madison last week, helping the Gophers win Paul Bunyan's axe for a second straight year, this time the final 23-16. Callie McManus was brilliant in the win, and he's brilliant in our conversation for episode number 47. I'm glad you're here to listen. We'll also have a quick flyby visit from Gopher volleyball coach Hugh McCutcheon. He's transitioning into his new role in about a month from volleyball coach to administrator and motivator. But there are still matches left for his team, which is the number eight overall seed in this year's NCAA tournament. They'll host southeastern Louisiana on Friday night at Maturi Pavilion. I talked to Hugh for a very brief conversation right on the practice floor on Tuesday afternoon. Stick around for that chat at the end of our podcast. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone. And True North m and serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. Servant leadership is their company motto. They're impacting the community in a positive manner. They do so much. That includes a great partnership with the Man Up Club, which mentors young black males to make positive life choices. You can find out more about that at manupclub.org. The Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm is also partnered with Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, making it easier with local financial experts available to help in person or virtually. Learn more at affinityplus.org slash gogophers. They have a top-ranked mobile app as well, and they sponsor our player profile and our visit today with quarterback Ethan Kaliak-Manis. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at champlininsurance.com. I invite you to subscribe to the podcast. It's free to click that subscribe button. You can and listen at any time. You can also go back to listen to previous shows, including last week's podcast, where the Gopher guru Daniel House gave us all kinds of great insight on Gopher football, and Badgers radio voice Matt LePay, one of the very best in the business, gave us a preview of the border battle. This week, we're talking Golden Gopher football once again on the Go Gopher podcast. It's episode number 47. It's our first in-depth visit with Minnesota redshirt freshman quarterback Ethan Kelly McManus, and that's next. <laughs> I'm Clay Geary, walk-on, turn scholarship, wide receiver for Gopher football. And I'm Ben Utech, U of M alumni, Super Bowl champion, and Tony Dungy Uncommon Award winner. We understand championship culture, which is why we're part of the True North family of companies. True North invests in only elite teams, like the champion team at Sunbelt Business Advisors, Minnesota's largest seller of companies. To learn more about True North and our diverse family of independently owned companies, visit truenorthequitypartners.com. Hey, Gopher fans, this is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. We are super excited to be part of the new Mike Grimm Show on Talk North. For the year of 2022, we will be donating $10 to the University of Minnesota Children's Masonics Hospital for everyone that calls our office or checks in with us online and mentions that they heard about us on Talk North and the Mike Grimm Show. 
We are really excited again that Mike came on board with Talk North. You can reach us at 763-421-4900. You can find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Again, 763-421-4900 or find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Roll the boat, Sky Uma, go Gophers. It's episode 47, the Go Gopher podcast, and we are thrilled to welcome to the podcast the Golden Gopher starting quarterback, Ethan Kaliak-Mannis, redshirt freshman. And uh, boy, what a fun week last week as the Gophers get the win in Madison and retain Paul Bunyan's axe. And uh, we're going to have some fun here. We're going to get to know Ethan a little bit more. He is uh, not necessarily a new man on the scene, but a new man on the scene, so to speak. Ethan, good to see you. Thanks for coming on and being with us. Well, thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. How much fun have you had here in the last month or so? getting your opportunity and then uh, culminating through that stretch with uh, with that big game last week well, man I first I just like to thank God because it's really a blessing um, it's been super fun and uh I'm just truly grateful for the opportunity. So I want to. We have so much to talk about. Uh, hopefully, uh, we can we can get in what we want. We may have to have you on a few weeks from now too, as we get ready for the bowl game and and all of that. But um, uh, I mean, we want to talk football. But we want to get to know you a little better too, because as you know, as we mentioned, you know, you're you're kind of coming onto the scene. We were excited when when we saw you sign as a as a high school player. You and your brother both from Antioch, Illinois. Uh, take me through the recruiting process and what ultimately led you here to the Twin Cities. Okay, so. Um, growing up, I've always been a really outgoing person. And the first thing that I noticed about Coach Fleck was that he was very outgoing and energetic. Um, Coach Rocker recruited me actually back in uh, late 2018, 2019. Um, when he was here still yeah. then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he was still here. And, um, you know, I just loved them as coaches. I wanted to be developed as a football player. Um, I knew I had a lot of work to do to be where I wanted to go eventually. And, you know, I'm still not there, but... I knew that they were going to develop me, and I knew this was the right place for that. And then what other schools uh, were you if interested in maybe as the recruiting process played out, other visits maybe that you took, and uh, what uh, ultimately led you to to Minnesota? What, what was the mix like for you? So I was still very young um, when I committed here. Uh, so I didn't really – I wasn't really interested in any other schools, but I was getting recruited by Big Ten schools, uh, ACC, SEC, but um, – I just really like Minnesota. You were sold. Yeah, I was sold on it. Yeah. And having your brother here has to be cool too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, he has been on the scout team, and you were on the scout team last year with him, right? So you guys were were, were hooking up that way. Um, And I'm going to ask you about that here in a minute, just in terms of your first year, you know, going through the scout team and what that meant. Because I know Tanner was a scout team guy his first year, and then he ends up with whatever it was, 45 straight starts once he got his chance. Um, But from from the standpoint of you you got on – well, I want to ask you this first, uh, because high school school, you are in with a whole bunch of kids who COVID kind of screwed up your last year of high school, right? Yep. So your fall season in Illinois was was done. They, yep. they didn't play football. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a season in here in Minnesota. I know some other neighboring states in the fall, but they did salvage a little bit. And you got a little bit of a spring season. You went undefeated. You were Gatorade Player of the Year. Take me through just how hard maybe that was not to be able to play a, what I guess you would call a real season, but maybe you salvaged some games mm-hmm. and, and you put up some good numbers. Yeah, so... Uh, I was just grateful for the opportunity that we at least got to play. Um, when I first got the call that the fall season was canceled, I was really upset. But uh, the coach told me that, you know, we're going to have a spring season. And I just, that was like a really big growth period for me. I was like, that was, I was about 17 turning 18. And that was like a big year for me because I was like more of a mature growth mindset. And um, 
I was just really happy with the way I played. I was a completely different player in the spring than I would have been in the fall because of the kind of work that I put in. So, yeah. Yeah, during that COVID, what were you able to do? Were you able, I mean, everyone's trying to stay away from everybody else, but yet you're able to, I suppose, get workouts in somewhere and continue to develop skills? I mean, having a Division One receiver as a brother sure. is, uh, is crazy, and his work ethic is what drives me. So um, me and him outside every day on the street just – playing catch with the football or him standing somewhere and me rolling out and just throwing it to him. Um, he's been a huge help for me and I've been a huge help for him. Yeah, I think I remember too at the time, maybe you guys, uh, you know, and every, all kids do this in terms of their, whether it's TikTok or Twitter or whatever, there were some videos of you guys <laughs> working out at maybe the local high school field oh, yeah. or, or a junior high field or something. <laughs> you guys were just out and you were, you know, he was going through the passing tree route and you were yeah. finding, I think there was one where, didn't you do like a 360 and yeah, that, 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 that kind of went viral. T- yeah. t- tell me about that day. Yeah, that was just something I saw. I think Patrick Mahomes did it on Twitter, and I was like, I'm just going to try it, too. And I did, but, uh, yeah, that was funny. When um, did you brothers know that you guys were pretty good at football at what age and, and that, hey, there's, there's a potential you know future here for us? I would say just throughout high school, I mean, playing and connecting the way we did, that was all. That was our main focus. We didn't really focus on, like, what the future holds. We were always focused on what the now is and how we're going to be better people and how we're going to be better football players. And that's really what we focused on growing up. That's how we were raised by my parents. And just not to look ahead into the future, just focus on what you're doing now. But really, I would say once we committed and once we started getting offers, was like, oh, my gosh, we're going to be able to play at the next level. What an outstanding accomplishment. Yeah. So. Are you guys roommates? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you live with other teammates, too, or just yeah. you two? Two other teammates. So, so what do you got? What, who, the, so there's four total? Yeah. Yeah, so who? I live with um, Tyler Cooper and Austin Sullivan. It's four of us. Um, and, yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. How about that? So um, – so I was going to mention that we were going to talk to you about your first year here because um, Mo was a scout team player of the year, his freshman year, and then he goes on to win Big Ten running back of the year a couple of years ago, first team all Big Ten again this year. And I'm, I know that uh, you've had a blast handing the ball off to him and watching him uh, yeah. do his work. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tanner was a scout team quarterback as well and then eventually got his chance the next year. Um, and then you spent most of last year, right, running that scout yep. team. Um, how, how is that? Because I've asked PJ about that too, and he's like, that's one of the hardest things to try to let guys know that, yeah, you're good, we love you, but this is your role for right now. Was it was it hard knowing coming from, you know, being the best player on a high school team to you're our scout team quarterback here for a year, but hang with us here? I knew going into being a scout team quarterback, I wasn't going to look at it as a bad thing. I was going to look at it as this is a huge opportunity for me to grow and do the thing that I love to do every day without all these other distractions, a playbook, just going out there and being the best teammate and trying to help your defense out, you know, for the, your opponent the next week. So I went in there not, you know, worrying about too much besides just doing my part and trying to become a better leader. That's something Coach Fleck really emphasized for me was being more vocal, being a better leader, and playing with everyone around me and not just thinking about myself. And I think that really helped me, scout team. It was great. How hard is it as a scout team player, though, too, to make your imprint? Because once the season starts, right, you're kind of um, at the whim of what the defensive coaches want. Because in essence, for people who don't know, right, the scout team offense is basically there for the number one defense to practice against. And so if it's Ohio State, the Gophers are playing, you become C.J. Stroud as the scout team quarterback, and you're trying to emulate what he does and give the defense a good enough look that they're prepared for Saturday, whoever the opponent is. So you're not, as you mentioned, you're not diving in 
then necessarily to the gopher playbook. Uh, weird things would have to happen all of a sudden if you're going to get into a real game. So from that standpoint, how is how hard is it, though, still with that to make an impression on the coaches to say, hey, we've got you know, because you don't want to probably tear up the number one defense either, right? <laughs> Although I was talking to Coney, I think, at one of the practices, and he's like, dude, he put it on us a couple of times last year. So, that, you know, they, they, you can recognize it. But how hard, too, is that to, to put an impression on a coach during that time? You know, just, just being there every day, I just wanted to play the best that I could possibly play. I wasn't really focused on um, grabbing coaches' attention or making an imprint. I just wanted to be a better teammate. And focus on the things that I needed to focus on, which was becoming a better leader, and that's something I really needed to do. So, yeah, it was just doing my thing, and I knew that eventually those days will come. There will be a day here where I'll play, and I knew that that's the mindset that I had. I was like, but right now I need to focus on developing, and that's really important. Yeah, and you were able to do that. And then Coach Sharaka comes back, right? Yeah. He recruits you. He goes to Penn State, and then on to West Virginia, and then he's back. So, um, how much, uh, how happy were you about that? And what's it been like now, uh, as you mentioned, to develop? You know, it started in the spring, yeah. and all of a sudden in the spring, it's okay. A couple guys have transferred. Um, you're going to be the number two along with Cole, and see where it goes from there. And uh, what was that like to have uh, Sharaka back? It was awesome. I was so happy because he originally recruited me, and to have him back. It was just awesome. The way he coaches is also awesome because he really cares. Coach Sraka really cares about the future, um, your development, and, you know, that really meant a lot to me. When he first got here um, and bowl prep and just bowl prep, and then January, February, March, and all that started to hit, all the meetings we had, every time I went in and saw him, um, he would ask me what I need help on. He'd constantly go over it with me. Um, and just throughout spring ball, uh, fall camp, and during the season, he's just always making sure that you are getting developed. He never takes a day off. Yeah, he works super hard. So. He knows so much too, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. man, it, it, it's fun to watch uh, or to even hear him talk and to to do those things. And I, you know, I I have the fortune of being able to watch some practices throughout the week. And um, I don't think we're sharing too many uh, secrets here. And I, you know, some things we see we have to not report on, and that's fine. And it's good for my background to watch. Um, but I, I don't think we're sharing too many. I mean, he. Can get on you guys, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, he can get after it. And I mm-hmm. think um, PJ has said that um, Tanner for sure was a quarterback who that was fine. He knew what button, buttons to push. Is he learning how to push your buttons to, to help develop <laughs> you as well? And to, you know, not to make you mad or anything, but yeah. to make you better. Yeah, he, uh, he knows each person responds differently to certain situations or how someone approaches them. And Coach Soraka approaches every player different. Um, he does what he knows is going to work for you, and he does that with me. He knows he he does what he knows is going to work for me. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and what what do, what do you think that approach is? What works for you? How are you motivated from a coaching standpoint? Just constantly being on me. I mean, never. I personally, I never take days off, but just constantly reminding me of how important this is for me. Um, him just being there, and I just can't explain that he's yeah. just there, always working. And you know, I'll be in the film room late at night or just watching film and he'll still be there from 6 a.m. till I mean however late I'm like geez man like you're a workhorse <laughs> so he never gives it a break and I have so much respect for him because of that and that just pushes me 
Yeah. Because he is, if he's working that hard, I could do it too. Yeah. So, yeah. That relationship with the offensive coordinator and maybe the other position coaches with, with their, you know, a linebacker coach with the linebackers or the safeties with the safeties, running backs with the running backs is different maybe than what the relationship might be with PJ, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your relationship like with the head coach maybe in comparison to the offensive coordinator? I mean, Coach Fleck has been a huge mentor for me. Um, I've gone to him about life advice, uh, things besides football I've talked to him about. Um, but really, it's it's kind of the same and it's kind of different because yeah. they're two different people. Yeah. But they really teach and praise the same things. And uh, they're both super – I look up to both of them yeah. because they work. They both work so hard. And I have so much respect for Coach Fleck and Coach Soraka, and I love them to death. I really do. Yeah. One of the things, too, I've noticed is if they do get on you, both these guys, and you're right, they're, they're different guys, which I think makes it work, right? Because mm-hmm. they have, you know, different, uh, you know, personalities and uh, and that, you know, because I don't think everyone can be the same, so you get different perspectives. That said, um, if they do get after you, I have noticed almost always uh, in my observation that then they'll come back and explain it and yep. say here, and sometimes it's a smile, sometimes it's a hug, sometimes it's a pat on the butt, whatever it is, to let you know that, hey, this is, you know, we got on you there for a reason, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm assuming because they don't want to also crush anybody's confidence at yeah. this point, right? Yeah, they'll they'll never say something and not explain why this is beneficial for your development. I remember Coach Fleck always used to say, you need to be louder, Ethan, and I'd always go, why is he asking me to be louder? And then my first start was in front of 110,000 people. <laughs> you know, it's funny how that now, works, oh, right? Makes sense now. Makes sense now. Yeah. So um, I knew that everything they were teaching was beneficial, and I was right, and they're right too. So yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And then from a uh, from from that standpoint, so you you get prepared and you develop uh, it, the the, se- the senior year. You mentioned that you grew from the fall to the spring. Then you get on campus, and then Sharaka comes back. Um, you're in spring work. You had a really good spring game all through the summer. You're feeling good. Still. With Tanner back, you're thinking, you know, maybe I can get in in some late game situations, and then Tanner uh, goes down, and now you're ready. Did you feel ready? Yeah. Because of all that work? Yeah, I knew that uh, when my opportunity came, I was going to be ready. Coach Soraka, before the season came, he uh, he told me he's like, what you what you get from this season is what you're going to get from it, really. And he was like. Um, you just have to be ready. If your opportunity comes, you have to be ready. I went into the season not thinking I was going to play. Um, I just wanted to learn from Tanner still because he is super smart and super good at what he does. Um, I wanted to learn from him, and that's really what I wanted to do this year. And then my opportunity came, and you know I felt really, really ready just because I knew that if my opportunity came, I wasn't going to you know let anybody down, not my teammates, not my coaches, not anybody like that. So. Your first start, as you mentioned, then comes, hey, uh, redshirt freshman, it's a whiteout, primetime, ABC, national TV, you know, 10 million people watching, 100,000 in person uh, against one of the best secondaries in the country. Go try to win that game. And you were pretty good in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, given all the situation, um, it was a game into the middle of the third quarter. You had that great drive right before halftime. Um what was the experience like that first that first time? Um, and I know PJ's talked about he felt like the the situation was not too big for the young guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was super fun. I went into that game wanting to win. Obviously, that was not the outcome, but I wanted to win, and I just wanted to enjoy it. I knew that I was going to play. There was nothing I could do to avoid playing in front of 110,000 people. Yeah. So I went in that game with just a lot of confidence. Um, There's also, you know, 22 other guys on the field. So 
Um, I knew that I had to be strong for my teammates, um, and I just really had fun. Yeah, I, our, our sideline reporter Justin Gard had mentioned so um, there was the, the, there was a series of those false starts early, right? Yeah. That and and whether it was the noise or look a different cadence, even right? I yeah. mean, you try to keep it the same, but you sound different and probably have a different pacing than Tanner, and so mm-hmm. all those things probably. And I think PJ's even hinted that Penn State was doing a few things along the front to try to you know throw throw everybody off. So you have those false starts. Garzy says that uh, you walked up to the guys and said, "What's going on with this guys?" <laughs> and John Michael was like, "Well, we'll get it figured out. We'll get it figured out." What was what was that like? Because right, you're a young guy. You got to take leadership. A couple of mistakes, and uh, you just kind of take me through that thought process. Well, at first, I thought it was my clap's because I I had a clapping problem in the beginning of the season. <laughs> I somehow could not clap. Like, really, nobody could hear me when I clapped. So I was like, "What's going?" I went to them and I was like, "Is my clap?" They're like, "No, we got it. We got it." I was like, "All right, just wanted to make yeah. sure that was not me. <laughs> it was not the clap. If it's right? not the yeah. clap, then we're good." So yeah. <laughs> Crazy. So then, um, so then uh, Tanner gets back. Um, Nebraska um, rough first half for really everybody. Right, the defense gives up ten to start. Um, just one of those days. Tanner gets hurt on that last play. Man, he got crushed by a three hundred twenty pounder who landed straight on him. And when I saw it, I'm like, ooh, gosh, if he, that, I mean, that 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 that's like a car crash collision yeah. there. Um, so we come out at halftime, and oh yeah, he's out. You come in twenty straight points. You lead the Gophers too. Right off the bat, you hit a little rollout to Daniel. Jackson, if I remember right, you had a scramble for, it might have been a design run, I can't remember now, but you had a, a run that helped the drive. You hit Dalen, you hit Jackson again on a long pass. Take me through what that experience was like for you to, to rally the team in a, in a game that you really needed to win, probably. Yeah, so uh, at halftime, Coach Fletcher, I didn't know Tanner was down. I went in the locker room, I was eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, <laughs> and uh, Coach Fleck comes to me, he's like, you're going in, whatever you need to do to be ready, get ready, you're going in. And I was like, wow, okay. So it was a quick mind shift. Yeah. And I was like, I just went in. I trusted the game plan. Um, Coach Straka had a great game plan that game, like he does every game, great game plans. And, uh, yeah, I just trusted that, did what the coaches asked me to do, um, and trusted the offense. And, yeah, so – all of a sudden, you're you're uh, you're moving the ball up and down the field, and then Mo on the one drive, I think it was uh, seven straight handoffs, yeah. and and you punch it in, and that really was kind of the you know the the ceiling of, of the deal. A couple of big field goals from Trickett helped in that game, yes. and you get the win. What that do to your confidence? I mean, I know you're a confident guy, but uh, there's got to be some some uh, validation when you can uh, get a, re- a come from behind rally and win like that. Uh, it, I think it was just really exciting for me because. That was basically my first win as a f- college football player. Lost to Penn State, um, so I was just really happy about that. That we won the game, and I was able to do that. So of course, uh, helped confidence-wise, but I was already confident. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I just I was truly grateful for the players, the coaches, and just trusting in me and putting me in the position that position particularly, and I just thought it was awesome. Yeah. And then the next week, uh, you guys handle Northwestern defense, you know, basically shuts them out. They get the field goal before halftime. And Mo is kind of the workhorse that day. So you you were more of, I guess, a game manager. Um, but you got that game 
done. And I suppose you probably knew some guys on that team with your background in yeah. Illinois, right? So yeah. was that a, was that a fun game? The to... guy that targeted me, I played oh, yeah, against I in high that. school. Yeah, yeah, is that right? Yeah. yeah. I think there's some connection that guy too to the to the Gophers. I want to say like his family name is on maybe the tennis center here or something. I was told that afterwards. I didn't know that ahead of time. I usually try to dig up some of that good <laughs> info. So, um did you you knew of him or you knew him personally from from before? So, I I played against him. We we have had a couple conversations, yeah. but he is a very good football player. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, uh, nothing but respect for him. Um, and yeah, I was like, isn't it a coincidence that it was a targeting call yeah. and I played you in high school? <laughs> Bang, there it is. So you get that win. Then you got Iowa the next week. And, uh, you know, you're kind of positioned twice to maybe win that game in the fourth quarter. Um, and I think for everyone, there, you know, it's a bitter disappointment not to get that win. What was your what was your thinking coming out of that game? Because it was, I think at one point, uh, Daniel House, our Gophers guru, who's a, a guest on the show on occasion and has all this good analytic stuff, said, I think at one point it was a 79% win percentage and then a 74% win percentage. And then it's just, you know, that Iowa defense is pretty good and a couple of things, and all of a sudden it's um, it turns around and they end up winning the game. So... Uh, and it was 312 rushing yards. I mean, you look at the box score, and it's like, well, the Gophers must have won that game. So disappointing. How do you come out of it? What was that emotion like leaving the locker room that day? I I felt like that loss was something I could have controlled with the pick, the interception I threw. So that one really hurt, just like every loss. I, one thing about me is I hate losing. I hate <laughs> You're losing. You're a competitor. And I'm very, yes, yeah. and I'm very hard on myself. So... You know, right that night, went to bed Sunday, watched the film. Right after that, I was like, all right, I'm on. we're on the Wisconsin now. Ready to go. Yeah. I don't want to lose this game. That so. competitiveness, can that be a blessing and a curse? Because yes. you, you want to be better, but can you end up beating yourself up too much, do you think, to it? No, I th- it's, a, it's a curse in a way where you never give yourself a break. Yeah. Um, not like you beat yourself up. I think I'm really good at handling my emotions. Um, but it's it's a blessing because— of just the amount of work you put in and you trust in yourself and you trust in your teammates and the trust you have in your teammates and just, yeah, it's, yeah. but I could see it going both ways. But I ne- never gained down your, that's one thing I always told myself is that no matter what happens, you got to, it's next play. Yep. Like if, if something bad goes wrong or you got to, you got to be able, you're the leader of the team, the quarterback, you're the leader. So you have to be able to put everything aside and just, be a better version of yourself the yeah. next play. So the interception did it, how do you re, did you relive it or was it you're able to just to when it was Wisconsin it was Wisconsin. I relived it. I relived it because I was like what could I have done better in that situation? What could I have done? Um I made the right read. It was just that I did not put the ball in the best area. I could have if it was a foot more inside that's a completion that's a first down but um, I put it way out of his, you know, his arm's reach, and it was tipped, and it was a pick. So. And that, the margin of error in the Big Ten is oh, yeah, a very foot, small, right? Yeah. I mean, in that play, it's a foot. It's a, that, that's where you go. So you put it away. Uh, you move on to Wisconsin, and you know what? I think 
you, you think about that game because um, you want to win the axe again, but um, you don't want to have that hangover effect from yeah. a, from a game mm-hmm. from the previous week. And you guys came right out and drove opening drive right down the field, and then and when it turns out you make the big play, the perfect throw to Lamecki to to win it. Um, uh, what, what did you like about the game plan? Did you have an idea that you were going to be called upon maybe a little more than in previous weeks? You end up with 319 yards, first 300-yard passing game since 2019 for a gopher quarterback. I I always trust in Coach Rocca and what his game plan is just because he is so smart. And all the coaches, I mean, they're all incredibly smart. Um, I knew that game I was going to have to play better than I did against Iowa, and that's really – that's not something I wasn't necessarily focused on, but I just knew I knew I had to play better, and um, I knew we had to play better as a team because I we go we went in there knowing that it was going to be a dogfight, and you know we came out on top and we knew that we could not turn the ball over. That's one thing I was really focusing on was that just no you can't turn the ball over. If we turn the ball over, we're not going to win this game. And you got points when you needed it, whether it was field goals or touchdowns. That's important. Um, first touchdown to Jackson. Uh, walk me through that one. It was that was an, uh, just a rifle shot uh, yeah. right right to his right to. It was, I mean, you talk about whether you're a foot or not off. That was right where the bullseye had to be. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was it was just you know a simple slant and. It was just there. Like yeah. it was just exciting for me. Um, I have a really strong connection with Daniel Jackson, and uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was really cool. Was that so? Um, and maybe you don't want to give too much. I don't know what you know in terms of all the game plans and different things. Because uh, I'm, I'm assuming on some of those plays, and we don't know. Obviously, um, there's an option for you to. I don't know if this was the case on this play, but generally, there's an option you can give the ball to Mo. Mm-hmm. You can keep it and run yourself sometimes, or you can you can uh, keep it and throw the ball. Um, was that one of those, or was that a design pass from the get-go on that touchdown? Design. Design pass. Because yeah. it was, what, third and six or yeah. third and seven, something mm-hmm. like that. But uh, in, in general, the offense, it, it depends, of, obviously, on the play call. But am I correct in that those are kind of some of the options, depending on oh, what yeah. the play call is? Of course, depending on what the defense is running or what they're doing. And Coach Rock will call something like that, and we'll just go out and execute it. Yeah. So that first drive was great. You marched down because um, the defense gave up a field goal. Lucky they, you know, they hold them to a field goal, so it's three zip. Seven three, you guys drive down. And I think at that point you um, you and the offense had announced, like, hey, we're we're here to play, man. Mm-hmm. You know, we're here to play. And then it was a back-and-forth tilt. You guys had the lead most of the time. They end up grabbing the lead. You get them into field goal range. It's tied. And now with, what, about five-ish minutes left, you're at a second down and eight. Walk me through the uh, Lamecki play. What was the uh, read there? And um, and and I, if I understood PJ right in the post game, it was it was kind of a, a shift as the play was unfolding. It wasn't necessarily like this is the play right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand all the cover two and all that stuff, but he was trying to explain it. So walk me through everything that happened there. I think uh, that play was just instinct. I just saw green grass. That's all I saw. Um, and Lamecki, it was an RPO. Uh, I just saw green grass. I knew Mackey was going to beat the corner because I knew the safety was wide and high, and I knew the corner was going to sit because that's his area. And Mackey got behind him, and there was nobody, so I threw it. <laughs> there was nobody. There was and, nobody around. And you put it on the money so that he could catch and still go because yeah. that's the key, right? If that's a foot behind or he sits and has to wait, it's fine. It's a first down. It's a gain of 12 or 18 or whatever it is. But you catch him as he's running, and then – uh, the burst. I mean, man, did he explode just down the center of the field. They had the angle, and he still outran the angle. It was amazing. I mean, I just got to give credit to the guys because leading up to that moment, uh, 
Thalen Wright, huge game. Daniel yeah. Jackson, huge game. Brevin Spamford, huge game. Our old line, huge game against probably the best defensive front I've personally seen all year. Yeah. They were really good. Their linebackers were really good, um, especially their DBs. Uh, Got to give credit to my guys, man. They played awesome, and Wisconsin defense is very good. So. Yeah, and I think an underrated part of that game was prior to the touchdown drive there, which culminated with that, was the two previous drives weren't great for the Gophers. Mm-hmm. I think you got sacked twice on back-to-back plays, um, and that and I don't know if those were new looks, but look, that defense sacked Iowa six times the week before. Herbig is back. He's the leader in Big Ten in sacks, so you, you knew you were going to see some oh, adversity yeah. there. But to have those back-to-back drives not in the way you want, two sacks, I think, in the previous drive, to everybody collectively, uh, led by the quarterback, to get up off the mat and say, "All right, we took our punch. Um, let's punch back." Oh yeah. I mean, kind of walk us through that 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 swing of emotion there. I mean, that kind of also goes into Coach Rocca and trusting him because I think I made a couple mistakes on those sacks where my pocket movement was a little off. Maybe uh, could have stepped up in the pocket, uh, done something differently because I had great protection, but. I uh, just told our guys that hey let's let's go let's let's punch one in here huh and um, you know everyone was talking and the one thing about our team is we're never down we're always still in the fight no matter what time it is no matter who's there we're always coming to punch and we're always coming to win so our guys never gave up and um, Coach Raka just right on that drive specifically and throughout the game just really called. Great, great plays. I mean, I'm not a quarterback's coach, but it, yeah. it all works. Whenever he calls something, it seems to work. So um, just a lot of trust in him, a lot of faith in Coach Fleck, um, receivers coach, I mean, everybody, man. And then I, on the touchdown, too, if I remember right, Mo ends up getting hurt because he picked up one. I don't know who he picked up, but yeah. he got he crushed a guy or they crushed each other. How important was that for him to to, to uh, put a block on that Huge. guy to free up the, the passing lane? Huge. We, we practiced that all week. If he doesn't pick that up, I'd probably get sacked. Something yeah. like that happened. So um, Mo just being very smart and uh, – you know, I make a call or something like that, and he knows he has to block a certain person. He knows right away, boom, this guy's coming. I got to get him. And that's what he did, and um super grateful for Mo, man. I'm, I was really happy I got to play with him this year. Yeah, and then you get you win the X. You know, I'm, I'm sure for you it was awesome, um, but I'm sure it also was cool for you as the young guy to see those old guys, those guys that walked on senior day the week before and couldn't get a win to win in Madison had to be very gratifying to, to be the leader of, of that group watching those seniors knowing they're going to walk out with that. Going back to uh, the Iowa game, that's something that also hurt me was that we lost senior night. That really hurt me because, like, I'm going to be in those shoes one day, and how would I feel if I was a senior and lost my senior night? And I was like, there's no way we're going to go out losing to Wisconsin too. So I um I did everything – I possibly could, and you know, throughout the learn throughout the season too, huge learning experience. Um, every game, um, learning how to prepare, learning what routines you need to build, and I learned that Wisconsin week that that routine that I built was what was good for me. So I knew that, hey man, I'm going to go in this game. I'm going to do it for the seniors because you know they're great people, great football players, and um, I just want to go out with the axe. Yeah. That's awesome. It was so fun to watch, too. And, PJ, you mentioned the routine. And you, even earlier when you talked about having to learn to clap, you don't – I mean, I don't think people think about, no. you know, stuff like that. And PJ said there was a play in I, – I can't remember the Northwestern game maybe where you were out cheering on the defense. Yeah. And PJ's like, hey, I need my quarterback because you're about to go take a snap. So those kind of things – like like <clears throat> you can work on it in a spring game yeah. or work on it in a practice and, you know, but – 
it's really you got to learn as the game's unfolding. So you're you're feeling now that you're into kind of knowing where you need to be and yeah. learning how to clap. Yeah, I mean it was <laughs> it was really like I said before, it was just a huge learning experience for me. Learning how to become a better leader, learning to be where I need to be and not necessarily going on the field and doing the bushwhacker with the defense. But uh, um, no, I mean, Coach Fleck is just really praised with me just to become a better leader because I came in here not being really vocal at all. I was I was outgoing, but I wasn't comfortable yet, like being outgoing, sure. coming to college. Uh, it was really hard for me, so... Yeah, um, Coach Fleck and Coach Raka really, really praise that, and uh, I'm just so thankful they did because it's helped me become a better person too. Yeah, so yeah, that's pretty cool. Let me uh, read a quick a sponsor mention. Affinity Plus is your local credit union, proudly serving Minnesota since 1930. As a current Gopher student or a proud Gopher alum, you're eligible to join this financial, wanting to build a meaningful banking relationship and put you first. You can meet with a local employee at any of their branches statewide, including one here right near campus on University. You can learn more or find out other ways to connect by going to affinityplus.org, go Gophers. That's affinityplus.org slash go Gophers. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA, and our thanks to them for their support of Gopher Athletics. They also have so much to do with Special Olympics Minnesota, and um, also they sponsor our player profile segment here on the Go Gopher podcast, and they have a $100 prepaid Visa gift card for Ethan Kaliak-Manis for his appearance, so uh, we appreciate that, and uh, Ethan, uh, we appreciate your time. Can I steal you for a couple more quick personal questions here yes. on the podcast? You got time? That'd be great. Yes. Um, so tell us a little bit about your family. Uh, you grew up in Illinois, or were you? Or did you grow up in some other spots too? Just kind of take us take us through, because I know I think people are, are want to know about their quarterback now. You know? Yeah. So uh, I lived I lived in Iowa, or um, I lived in Illinois my whole life, but I lived in Iowa for a little bit. Uh, I lived in California. For a little bit, I lived in uh, Vegas for a little bit, but I really grew up in Illinois. Yeah, okay. so yeah. gotcha. D- d- tell us about your family. Dino is your only brother. Or do you have sisters? So my older brother's Dino. Dino's seventeen and a half months older than I am. Um, I got a little sister named Amarissa. She's fourteen, and I got a little brother Andreas who is thirteen. So it's awesome. All oh, yeah. these Greek names, right? Oh yeah. Now is Ethan your full name or is it a longer name? It's my name's Athanasios. That's your first name. Yeah. Athanasios. So give me your whole name. Athanasios Kaliak Manis. Wow. What's your middle name? Alexander. So it's so so say the whole thing. Athanasios Alexander Kaliak Manis. So uh it, it, how about Dino? Is that his Constantinos Alexander Kaliak Manis? His name is what now? Constantinos. Constantinos, but yeah. he's Dino for short. Yeah. Gotcha. So um do you have a nickname? Like I know some people have said the Greek rifle. Uh <laughs> you know, what what do you, do you, have you have you did you have one in high school? No, I just you know people call me Ethan. <laughs> Ethan. Ethan. Yeah. Ethan's a good nickname, yeah. that's for sure. That's yeah. for sure. How's your family been supporting uh in terms of their support through the years? I know I've seen your dad tweet a couple of things. Mm-hmm. He's so proud. Um and then I see them at you know that they've tweeted pictures and stuff. From games, I mean, I'm so thankful for my mom and dad. They, uh, the amount of things they have done for me and me and my brother's future and my little brother and little sister, uh, I can't even put it into words. They have been such a big part of my success, and I will always give them credit when it's due. I can never repay them for what they have done for me. Yeah, um, I'm just so thankful. I call them every day. We have a great relationship. Uh, my family's very close. Um, I I miss them. Yeah. Can't wait to see them soon. But man, I they have done so much for me. My dad was an athlete in college, so 
him having that athletic experience yeah. was where'd he go? He went to Scene Hall on a wrestling scholarship. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So um he was he just he knows what it takes to go to division one level. Um growing up I worked really hard with him. He yeah, it's just it's Do you think you, that's where you and Dino got your competitiveness was from yeah, your dad? Yeah. 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 So wrestling, man, that's a whole new world. Yeah, right? he different I, world. Wrestling's I I was just I could never get into wrestling. <laughs> it, was, it was just too much for me. Yeah. But yeah. Well, you found the right spot with football. You've yeah. got, uh, you know, great talent for sure. It's been fun to watch. Um, and now I guess we wait to see a bowl game, right, mm-hmm. and see how that goes. Um, don't know where, but uh, hopefully someplace warm. Yeah. 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 Well, hey, man, it has been a blast to get to know you. It's been a blast to watch you play. The future is uh, going to be fun to watch the whole thing unfold. Thanks for joining us here. Thank you for having me. It really means a lot. He's the Golden Gopher quarterback, Ethan Kaliakmanis. It's episode number 47, the Go Gopher podcast. My thanks again to Ethan Kaliakmanis. So cool to watch the young man develop right before our eyes and then hear from him this week as he's growing every day. I hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation as much as I enjoyed being a part of it. What a bright future for the Gopher Signal Caller. And now, as promised, here's our flyby conversation with Gopher Volleyball head coach Hugh McCutcheon. He has his team playing in the NCAA tournament this weekend. He was at Maturi Pavilion at team practice on Tuesday, and I grabbed him real quick. Well, it's postseason tournament time. How exciting is is that for you and your team? Yeah, we're fired up. Happy to be here, and um, we worked really hard all season to, to have a shot at this. So, yeah, we're right where we want to be. Take me through to the thought process. Um, it almost has become a given, right? Uh, oh, well, the Gophers are going to make the tournament. They're in the tournament again, but it's a lot of hard work. It's yeah. uh, nothing, I suppose, to take for granted, right? You have to relish this. You do, and, and yeah, never take it for granted because there are no guarantees, and, and there are a lot of good volleyball teams out there, and... We're just grateful to be still playing and, and excited for what's to come. But yeah, we, we we think it's a privilege to compete in December. Absolutely. And now you're in the tournament, you're in the field, and I guess uh, why not just uh, make a nice run and uh, make some noise, right? Sure. Yeah, I, I, I like where we're at. You know, um, you know, we got a top ten seed, so that that feels like a good validation of a nice body of work over the course of the season. And. Um, you know, we'll, we'll take it one one match, one play at a time. But, yeah, this team's good, so hopefully we can go deep. You had that great weekend last weekend, especially with the two top ten wins on the road. What does that do, if anything, for you guys heading into this NCAA tournament? Well, we're hosting at home this weekend, which is great. Hopefully the fans will come out for that. But um, but if we're still playing next week, we got to go on the road. And to win on the road, you it probably means you've had to have won on the road. You know, I mean, you can't just think about that you got to go out and do it so this weekend this last weekend I think was really important with that idea of conviction and belief about what we can do when we're not in our gym um, as we talk this is now Tuesday afternoon so still a few days but uh, generally what's the regional look like obviously you get to the you know to this field everyone's going to have a pretty good roster of players but what can you tell us just generally about the other three teams in this field well, yeah, the, the Southeastern Louisiana uh, won their conference. They, they can play. We're excited to get after that that team on Friday, and then uh, we'll see what happens with UNI or or uh, Florida State. Um, but, again, both both quality teams from uh, from good conferences. So, yeah, like you said, everyone's good at this point. Well, and not to mention you guys now, have obviously through the conference season, have been battle-tested, but you, and we've talked about this before, also uh, tried to, uh, you know, battle-test yourselves with this tough non-conference. I think just about everybody in that non-conference is in this field as well. Yeah. So uh, what can you draw from that, even though it was a few months ago now, maybe, um, to, uh, to, to, you know, to, to be prepared and ready for this postseason? Well, I think there's some really important lessons that we learned about, uh, you know, the, the idea of consistency, of competing, and, and, and really getting into the battle. And we can talk what we want about 
what it is to do that, but until you've actually gone through that experience is, is the teacher, right? So, uh, yeah, the, the unique thing, all eight of our preseason opponents are in the tournament. I don't know if that's ever happened before, but it's kind of crazy, but I, I think we're, we're battle-tested and ready, yeah. Yeah, last one for you, too. You mentioned the uh, next week, if you get through this weekend, you're on the road. You're home this weekend. How, how big of a deal is that for you, just for the team to have the home court edge, but for you, too, as this uh, kind of winds down a little bit and your last crack at it uh, to be on the sidelines here in this building? Yeah, uh, Pav is a special place. You know, fans are great, and it's it's a great atmosphere. I think it's one of the best uh, venues in college volleyball. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll go and compete, but we'll, we'll take a moment to enjoy it. Yeah. All right, have some fun. Cheers. Cheers, indeed. Hugh McCutcheon, one of the best. It's our Go Gopher podcast number 47. The Go Gopher podcast is presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com. We're also proud to be sponsored by Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, your local credit union throughout the state of Minnesota. Go to affinityplus.org slash gogophers. Affinity Plus sponsors our player profile each week, supporting Golden Gophers student-athletes. And we're also brought to you by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts, and please be sure right now, take a moment and click that subscribe button to the Go Gopher podcast. It's absolutely free to listen at any time, and please share the link on your social media channels so others can listen as well. We'll talk again next week.